everybody. It is Dave and Jeff. It is September 21st, 2020. Dave, deja vu. Feels like we already <laughs> did that. Uh, our second show of the night. Uh, special bonus for the Patreon subscribers. Dagmar Midcap, separate show. Just figured it would be easier to keep that show uh, as a separate entity and then be able to come in here with everything going on sports-wise and talk it. But I hope you'll check out Dagmar's interview. And Dave, she said she's coming down to the garage. That'd be great. That'd be absolutely yeah, fantastic. Amazing story. Really fun. And I think you will like that show a lot for anybody who checks it out. Only runs 30 minutes. Uh, shorter show we've done in about three years, but but really, really fun and really, really good. I enjoyed it. Absolutely. A lot of things went on this weekend uh, sports-wise. We just got finished watching the Raiders. How about that? 2-0. and Dude, that was really cool, actually, to see the new stadium. It was interesting to hear Mark Davis, who said he wasn't going to go to the game if the fans weren't going to go to the game. Mm. First Raider game he missed since he was eight years old. Did he, did he not go? He did not go. He said, wow. if the fans can't go, I'm not going. Wow, I said, like that dude. So the last time he missed was because he said he had a little bit of a cold and his mom wouldn't let him go. <laughs> uh, fun. It was fun. I'll tell you, Dave, yesterday was great. And it was great for a bunch of different reasons. But I was out with my sons mid-afternoon. And you know what we got a chance to do? We got a chance to go to a sports bar. We got a chance to go and watch games and eat bar food and TVs were up and fans were in there. And it's the first time we've done that since I don't know when, where you could actually be inside. Yeah. And we'll start quickly with the chargers game because when that game was 17 to six, I wrote on Twitter, if this was the Qualcomm chargers, they would lose this game 20 to 17. Well, they ultimately lost 23 to 20, which was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Justin Herbert, pretty goddamn good. So I retweeted your tweet that he was going to be shit. Hey, you know what? He did exactly what I said he would do in college. He threw one touchdown pass. Well, Justin it, Herbert never threw multiple touchdown passes in a college game his, his last year. Well, you said he couldn't read a defense. The kid was slinging the ball all over the field. Did they win? And did he throw more than one touchdown pass? I'll stand by with what I said. Okay, we'll, we'll let you because we see? saved it. We all screenshot it. Anthony Lynn took it away from him. Did you see that? Unbelievable, so he, this guy. That kid's not playing. He's a backup for a reason. When Taylor's ready to go, he's going. Well, Anthony, you're going to love working at the Big Ten Network. That's the dumbest <laughs> thing I've heard. From a head coach, a guy that I like, that's the dumbest thing I've heard in a long time. How about that? And the thing is, Tyrod Taylor was, honestly, to me, the worst quarterback in uh, week one. He was terrible against average the Average at best. Average at absolute I would honestly best. make the move. I'd, I'd go to Herbert right now. You go right now, there was such an energy and a buzz. And because they're the Chargers, they find a way to blow that game. But while I'm watching them blow that game, we were watching the Padres. And it was so fun. I mean, Will Myers, again, Dave, I know you're driving back from Yuma. Will Myers, a three-run homer, comeback player of the year. I don't know what happened to that guy, but good for him. He looks so natural, so comfortable. And for a guy that didn't want to be the face of the franchise a couple years ago, yeah. man, does he look like he wants to be at the plate in clutch situations. And Padre fans want him at the play it's in clutch on, situations. Uh, Dave, I'm one. Yeah. And nobody, I mean, I've been incredibly critical of Will Myers over the years because I just felt like his heart wasn't in it, his mind wasn't in it. Hey, man, kudos to him. I don't know what he did, but I couldn't be more thrilled uh, for him. 
And then Seattle battles back. Pods go ahead. It was in an empty stadium in a 25% filled sports bar. There was so much tension and energy. It was crazy, and I missed it, and I loved it. But then we got in the car, and the game went to the 11th inning. Yeah. And something happened, and I appreciate a few people who mentioned it because I heard it on the radio. I wasn't going to make a big deal about it because I just thought it was done for the right reasons. But if you listen to Padre games, Jesse does two innings, Ted does two innings. Jesse does two, Ted does two. Ted does the ninth. Uh, I don't know who does the tenth, but with the Padres technically being the road team, yeah, the top of the eleventh was called by Jesse. Padres take the lead. It's now the bottom of the eleventh. Pods have a three-run lead. Trevor Rosenthal coming in, and Jesse Agler says, "Here's Ted." And you go, "All right." What he did was, as a young broadcaster. For a team that had not made the playoffs in 14 years, he would have been well within his right to say, hey, man, it's my inning. My turn, Um, asshole. My turn, Gramps. But he didn't. He gave it to Ted. And I'm in the car, and I go, holy shit. Small, subtle, very cool. And Ted gets to call it. Because when it happened before, Jerry called it. Yeah. Ted didn't get the call. And Jesse did that for him. And... I just, in my head, I was thinking, man, I got to text Jesse. I got to text Ted. That was yeah. cool. Wanted to say something on social media, but I'm like, you know what? Let the, it's just cool. Let that happen. Well, I'm glad not only did uh, Bobby Creasy acknowledge it, Ted acknowledged it That's cool. on social media and said what Jesse did for me meant the world. Cool. And I sent him a note tonight, and I said to Jesse, and I said, hey, man, I just want to let you know, you've had an amazing year. I, Dave, I was saying before we started. He has had so many fun things on the broadcast that if you and I were doing morning radio, I would absolutely jot that down and give him full credit. But I told him what you did for Ted was outstanding and really cool. He sent me the nicest note back. But uh, what a day, man. What a day. It was exciting. And the mud got choked up. Oh, my gosh. Not only did he get choked up, I saw a lot of Padre fans break down in tears, crying. I didn't cry. (laughs) Of course you didn't. So, of course you didn't. What the fuck? Well, I did. I haven't heard back from Mud because of course. I put a thing on Facebook or on, excuse me, on Twitter when the Vikings lost in their 0-2. And uh, I said, hey, it's pretty amazing to think that a year from now, Trevor Lawrence will be the yeah. quarterback of the Vikings. Mud replied, thanks, Bud Grant. And I sent a message to him. I said, you done crying yet? And it was Steve <laughs> Carell all red-eyed. <laughs> he didn't write back. Yeah, <laughs> but it was oh God dang. God. Dude, the way here's the deal: Mud could have done it like eighty different ways, and I would have. Well, they okay. didn't win the series. They didn't win the series. It's awesome. They're going he, back, but there's as every guy on that team said, there's still a lot of work to do. When he dropped like that line, you know, all these teams beating up on the Padres all these years, and I'm like, what the fuck? What do you want them to do? It's a competition. You sucked. Yeah, I mean, Kristen Norfia was a fan favorite oh, for Christ's sakes. Let's yeah. get our shit together. Yeah. Act like a man. <laughs> Act like a man. <laughs> Holy cow. It but, was it was it was funny. Here's the the interesting thing. So I was in Yuma and I jumped in and I turned the radio on and yeah. um 
and the Padre game was over by the time. So I had no idea if the Padres won or oh, not wow. or lost oh, or whatever. Though. I don't know what, what happened. The, Red, the Reds do. I didn't know anything that happened. Yeah. So uh, I flipped over and I'm listening to the Chargers through Sirius Radio. So I'm listening okay. to Matt Money Smith. Oh, boy. Who is the worst I've ever fucking heard. I mean, he is atrocious. I mean, honestly, do the Chargers listen to anything? He is the worst I've ever heard of any broadcaster of all time. Yeah. Every time was check that, you know, yeah. that guy's name, check that, you know, and you go, dude, get the names right. What the fuck? Get Josh your- Lewin back. Please. Like, just get Lewin back. It, it is it is brutal. There's no enthusiasm. He, he's absolutely terrible. He doesn't get the names right. I'm like, dude, if this was TV, I could live through it because I knew what yeah. who the guy was. But fuck, man, you are brutal. And so you go through it. And I didn't know what happened with the Padres until I got home about 6.15 at night. Mm. And I was like, cool. And then I saw the mud thing. And honestly, happy for everybody that, oh, that yeah. uh, lives and dies with that team. I mean, really, it doesn't feel like a two-month season. You know? No. It was fun. And honestly, it is. It's been fun the whole way through. And yeah, when it's over and your team is is played very well, Mm -hmm. you're going to be sad when the season ends. But it does feel like the the energy and the stress level feels like a full six months, to me at least. And so it's not like whatever. The Padres are in the postseason. You mentioned Mm -hmm. Will Myers, even comeback player of the year. I understand he had a good two months. Manny Machado might win MVP. He still earned it. Whatever it is, don't cut anybody short. Whether it's individual awards or it's a world championship. Don't cut anybody short. They made it. The other teams didn't. There's going to be one team standing out of the 30 when it's all over. They deserve all the credit. So good for Will. Good for all those guys. I'm glad to see what, what Jesse did for Ted. It was and, really cool. And, and, of course, there's going to be more to the story that everyone's going to look back and go, that's pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty fucking cool that that, that that happened. But I didn't even think about that. That You're right. That was Jerry doing all those calls all those years. 40 years, and man. And for Ted, Ted to get a chance it. to do one is, is absolutely outstanding. Really cool. Um for for the Padres, they have Monday off, and then they have you know the rest of the week mm-hmm. to sit there and play out the schedule, and and they have uh, the Angels for two, then you got the Giants for four, mm-hmm. and then the postseason gets going. And as of right now, they would take on the Marlins. It's an important week, though. It is to determine if you play at home or you go on the road. And 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 yeah, absolutely. And people could say, well, it's not a big deal. It is a big deal when you're yeah. playing all three games. I at uh, yeah. possibly all three games at another team stadium. You want to stay here. Absolutely, yeah, you want to be stay here. here. And so, whatever, it, it is very exciting. It's a bummer the fans aren't part of it. I like mm-hmm. to hear some of the players, like Joey Votto, I heard interview today, and said people don't realize how much uh, the players miss the fans. Yeah, and and I, I when he's talked about Cincinnati, Cincinnati and San Diego, what I mentioned is kind of similar in size with their fan base. It's not like mm-hmm. the Dodgers where you have 22 million people in L.A. County. How often are wow. you running into yeah. fans? You have that relationship. But we know the yeah. Franken Barbers throughout the years. And oh, do we? Those kind of fans <laughs> – <laughs> just wink when I said that. And then uh, you, you go, there was a relationship. Guys going in and out of the parking lot yeah. or guys you see out in you public. You saw it last night, David Tatis. I don't know if you no, saw No, I it. didn't at all. He ran across and celebrated with the fans and was filming on Instagram That's and awesome. doing the whole thing. That's cool. And you hope all those yeah. people that were down there are all healthy and not asymptomatic. No Keep shit. our guy healthy. But he had a nice bounce back game yesterday. And uh, hitting the ball because after he kind of fallen off a little bit, he looked good. And uh, you see Machado acknowledging fans on the balcony that are freaking out, going crazy. You saw that. Dave, you know what happened is this team played such good ball all year. But I think, too, is when Preller and Seidler and Fowler went nuts at the trade deadline. Yeah. And you get Clevenger, and you get Moreland, and you get Hedges out of here, right? You bring Nola in, 
And then you get Rosenthal to be absolutely rock solid. And, and Agler, as I've said, has been so great with so many different little tidbits, points out in the car as you're driving home that in, I think he mentioned 24 postseason games, Trevor Rosenthal has an ERA under one. And you go, holy cow, like that's what we're talking about. And to see those guys come in as reinforcements, with all respect, but if you're going into the playoffs and you go, well, you know, this is going to be big. Cal Quantrill's got to step up, and, and Austin Hedges, man, he's almost up to a buck 88. We'd be like, oh, we're just full of it. I don't think it would diminish getting in because I think everybody has said the same thing. It was such a wild year, and everybody had to play it. Pots played great. They absolutely yeah. earned it, and they're in. But I just think the the energy that it gave that team, that it gave the city and the fan base when they went out and got the guys that we mentioned, man. I, I mean, look at Profar. Profar couldn't yes. hit shit he was about at the start to be, of the year. He's about to be released. Cronenworth has been amazing. Hosmer's crushing the ball, and and Machado and Tatis and Grisham. I mean, it's just it's really been amazing. And Dave, I say this too. I mean, look, we were critical about Will Myers. We were one of a thousand people that had no idea who the hell Jace Tingler was, yep. where he came from, why that hire was made. I laughed and laughed when we just kicked Steve Woods for saying, hey, I'm buying in a little bit on Tingler. We're like, ah, oh, you're such a kiss ass. Well, Woods is, yeah, but at least he got one thing right. I mean, he was one of the first guys I remember being all in on Tingler. He gets it. Now, maybe it's just because he's a toady. Oh, he's a toady. He had to. He but, gets paid well, to say so. I got it. But if he picks the winner in the Derby, he gets the winner in the Derby. Like, he's a shithead. But let's give that little guy credit. He he was on the Tingler bandwagon early. We were not. Oh, 100% what wasn't. And, and, I, so, and I tell you, I have hardly anything I would disagree with. I think he's done a fantastic job. But, but, Dave, think back to this. If we were sitting here as we were right yeah. at the start of that season, these were the following things that had to happen in order for that team to make the playoffs. Jace Tingler had to be really, really good in his first time ever managing at the major leagues. Yeah. Okay? Hosmer, Machado, and Myers needed bounce-back years. All three of those guys, think about Machado, but but think about what you had out of Hosmer and Myers. You had to get strong contributions from Cronenworth and Grisham. New guys we didn't come, even know who Cronenworth was. Right. Profar had to be better. Fam had to stay healthy. You had to figure out catching, and you didn't know that you were going to go out and get a legit one. I mean, I think we looked at Paddock to be a stud. Oh, to be the guy. Zach Davies was kind of an afterthought. Yep. I think a lot of people were excited but didn't think he would be the guy. I mean, you needed a lot of things to go right, and they did. 100%. But it's fantastic. No, no, you're absolutely right. A lot of things needed to go right, and they did. And a guy that a lot of people expected a lot from, Tommy Pham let you down. And Tommy Pham, we didn't need Tommy Pham. You know, the Padres mm -hmm. were fine. It's uh, It's been interesting. I want to point this out, too, because uh, you always like to point out what I do wrong. I did oh, it an over-under. Um, poll question before mm -hmm. the season began. 165 Austin Hedges. <laughs> oh, yeah. And people ask their shit. <laughs> yeah. He's at 158. You yeah. know? So f fuck off. 
<laughs> that's, well, that's what I'm going to say. You'll hear, you'll hear from 10,000 people now that he's gone oh. that'll tell you they voted for the under. Yeah, of course. But Dave, I voted the under. Yeah, hey, yeah. unlike miserable Padre fan Dave, I was able to take emotion <laughs> out of it. And uh, I could just see he was a little tight in the hips. He, his hands, he couldn't let him go. His elbow... Bullshit. Bullshit is right, but you're absolutely right. There's something special about this team. I How do you think he feels tonight? Well, he's going to be in the postseason, but he's still at the same time, there's a big difference from Cleveland to San Diego, right? I mean, yeah. come on. Cleveland's he, a rat hole. I've been to Cleveland a bunch of times. But he he thought he was the guy oh, he sure here. Did. He he thought he was dude. The, he threw the party. He, I mean, look at yeah. him. He wasn't in shape. He so many fucking things. He for some reason he thought he was untouchable. Yeah, I, I love the fact that he was brought back to earth and saying, "Dude, see you later." Yeah, you know, we, we we don't need you. And man, I don't know what it is, man. How quickly everything turned on that guy. But man, he didn't make adjustments during the off season. Year no. after year, his hitting approach sucked. Wanted to pull every pitch. Didn't matter where it was at. Fuck off. I, I mean, I'm so happy to have Nola as the as the main yeah. catcher. Uh, can't can't be more excited and again i've been all over preller saying he needs to go but preller everything he did was crushed outstanding it. he crushed it he did him, he did him and jace tingler have zero complaints ownership zero complaints and uh the funny thing how things work out in baseball we would have never known about cronenworth unless hosmer had the stomach issues yeah he would have never got into the lineup and then all of a sudden he gets in the lineup and you can't move him and you go Hey, let's move him over to second base because Profar sucks. Well, and then Profar all of a sudden starts to hit extremely well. Uh, and the other thing, we had talked that maybe the the better choice for the GM position would have been Billy Epler, who's been an absolute disaster for the Angels. Horrible. Now, how much of that falls on Epler, and how much of that falls on Artie Moreno? I guess we'll find out because I don't know that Epler gets another GM job, but at some point he'll get another job in baseball, and we'll see what happens. But he's going to be the first guy yes. fired next week. He'll yep. be out. And you just look at it. I mean, so many different people had said, do you think Preller is out? And I didn't think he would be out this year because of the 60-game season. I thought, I mean, look, what were they, 30? How many games out last year? Over 30? I believe it was. Yeah, it was. I think it was more than 35, I thought. Okay, yeah. I mean, you're 30 games out. Yeah. So to say he probably gets a break. Because it's a 60-game season, but had the team performed at the level they had been, yeah, he's probably in trouble. But they come out, excellent trades, young guys. You didn't have to go to Gore this year, right? Camposano comes up, yep. doesn't get much chance to play. Patino you see a little bit of, but you didn't have to go to C.J. Abrams. You unload some guys. You add some other key pieces without making a huge indent into your salary, and you get performance from guys that you committed money to and Hosmer and Myers where now you look at those guys and you go, those guys are strong contributors. Oh, absolutely. 36 games out they finished oh. a year ago, and here we are a year later and arguably the second-best team in baseball, if not the best team in baseball. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what we saw from the Dodgers still says the Dodgers are number one. Uh, it is funny how all the Dodgers said the Grisham move fired him up, woke I, him up a little bit. I think so. Yeah. I, all right. I hear you over there. I'm okay. just saying, I told you that team was a week ago we were doing a show and I said that team was dragging. Yeah. I watched every game and I said, man, I, the Dodgers scare me right now that they're just going to loaf into the postseason and not be able to turn it back on. But I think it did help them out. They went on to win, what, five straight right afterwards? Yeah. Lost played. the first game since last Monday, yesterday. But. Yeah, I mean, it, here's the deal. If the Padres were in any other division, you'd be going, hell, we just won the goddamn division. Yep. 
You know, we're, we're, we're doing absolutely fine. And right now, Padres four games back. I think a lot of people look at it as, hey, let's get into the postseason. You don't win the National League West. That's not the main prize. You're trying to win the World Series. And yeah. right now, you have a very good chance where you're obviously going to host the first three games, the best of three, I should say. And the Marlins have that one pitcher that scares mm-hmm. the shit out of you. Six of Sanchez. Yep, where you go, all right, that guy could steal one. But if they were in the Dodgers situation, the Dodgers are on pace to face the Reds where Trevor yeah. Bauer could steal one. Right. You know what I mean? Right away. I mean, you, you, you can pick which way you want to go. I understand. For me, I think the Marlins are the easier matchup overall. I think the Reds have more offense at Scarzia and with, um, with uh, I'm screwing the Reds have more offense at Scarzia and the Marlins. You have Rojas. That's it. I mean, they, they have nobody offensively that you go, hey, I'm afraid of that team. Uh, and you go, we got Clevenger and Lamette. Yeah. Does the Clevenger injury scare you a little bit? Uh, they said he may start as early as Wednesday. Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, you're always concerned, but he was throwing off flat ground yesterday and kind of airing it out from 100 feet. So uh, it doesn't sound like they're too crazy. It just sounds like they're taking a few precautions. But um, but I like it. And then I, I would think third game's got to be Zach Davies, right? Yes, I, that'd be my guess. Let me ask you right now, if you had to put money on it, who's your World Series pick? Oh, gosh. Dave, I haven't I really I've focused so much on the pods. I haven't seen enough of the American League, and and to be honest, I haven't watched much of the teams in the East, so I couldn't even tell you. I'm just uh, I'll be excited. That's the thing too that's that's really really fun is when you get to this point, um, and you get the opportunity to see what Freddie Freeman's all about, yeah. what the Braves are doing, and man, I was watching uh, somebody. Just lighting up Bryce Harper the other day. Just lighting him up for the for the, for lazy and all this stuff we've heard about Machado, all these different things. They should. But I, I haven't seen enough of the other teams. I've seen a little bit of the twins who got out of the gate really, really fast. On pace to face the Yankees again. Ah, of course. And then uh and then I just uh I haven't seen enough. I've seen a little bit of the White Sox, seen a little bit of the Cubs. Uh, I mean, the Cubs team's really good. So, and how about that with David Ross? Yeah. I mean, have, having never managed. And you got so, his bench coach, Andy Green. Goddamn, what a talent. <laughs> um, so, no, I don't, I don't really have a, a World Series pick at this time. But Visible I, Padre fan threw this at me. All right. <laughs> Padres, White Sox. That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah, that's a good team. I mean, oh, you, you, oh. Have, you have connections. Obviously, it's a tease being, sure. being, being, being with the White Sox and Yasmani Grandal, and there's some yeah. connections in there. Do you activate yonder? And so kind of kind of interesting. But going back to what you said about Bryce Harper, I was thinking about mm-hmm. this today because someone said to me, what do you think about Machado being MVP? And I said he very mm-hmm. well could win it. And I said, you know, the best thing is he, he's playing up to the contract. Yeah. Which is Bryce Harper signed also that same offseason. Oh, yeah. 100% not playing up to that contract. If you're a Phillies fan, you're like, how long can we suck with this motherfucker? Because he's a piece of shit right now. Yeah. I, I think um, I just I like it, Dave. You know, and, and I hear it out of Tingler, and I hear it out of Preller, and it's pretty cool, where they ask Tingler about the team and he gives credit to the coaching staff, right? Yep. You ask Preller about the team and he gives credit to ownership and the coaching staff and the scouts and everybody around him. And they never really single out one player, but they're always quick to compliment Tatis and Hosmer and everything else. And pretty fun. I'm, I, I would give credit. I, it may have been, 
I feel like it was on 97.3, but I, I can't remember who said it. But it may have been Agler again. It, it really, things really changed for this team on the night Tatis hit that Grand Slam. I agree. And, and I think it changed not only for the team. I think it woke Tingler up a little bit. I think it woke the fan base up a little bit. And, man, it felt like that clip that Rex Chapman showed the other day of that dude riding that crazy, insane wave in Australia, right? Yeah. That looked like about a 900-foot wave. It just felt like anybody that had Padres in their blood, whether you worked there or you ch- just cheered for them, felt like we were just all on that surfboard, man. We were all just riding that wave, digging it. But I feel like a lot of it, they just kind of came out that night. The fan base woke up, and we all got pissed. Tingler took his beating and owned it, and but it just felt like everybody else on that team really woke up and got flying, and they've been doing you know, a couple of lag spots. It's going to happen, but it feels like they have been a different team since that night. All right, let me ask you this question. I know you're a Raider fan, and the Raider fan base is always known for being a little bit crazy. How does uh-huh. it feel being a Padre fan that Padre fans are the most hated across the country? I have no problem with it at all. I, I really don't because it's the one thing – that you're seeing about this team and the fan base, and we've known this about the fan base forever. It's always been a passionate fan base, and we may have been small at times, but it's passionate. And why I love it is it's a bunch of teams, and I can say this without crying, unlike a friend of mine, not mention names, but he's from Joliet, Illinois, Mark Grant. There have been a bunch of fan bases that never gave a shit about the Padres, right? And I guarantee the teams just kind of thought pods are pods. What Padres Twitter does to any team that loses and it's Gavin and it's miserable Padre fan and it's everybody else that's in that that uh, goes through and just demolishes the official Twitter account of the team that just lost like two to one. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's a beating like Tyson on Peter McNeely. <laughs> and I find it great. And if you can't deal with it, tough on you. Uh, as the great Mike Tyson said <laughs> when Russ Salzberg asked him, Mike, why do you have to talk like that? Hey, you don't like it. Change the station. That's it. All right, Mike, I think we're going to end it. Fuck you. Um, that's it. You don't like it. Change the station. I, I love it, man. They kick. They They woke up. And they're sick of shit, and they're funny, and they're creative, and yeah. some of those are amazing. Yeah, sorry that uh, whatever that fan base doesn't have these. Some of them you look at and you just go, oh, my God. Oh, and everybody's shocked. Who People who don't know Padre baseball, oh, especially right. for one of these American League West teams that have never seen it. Right. Oh, my God. They're, they're run over. They're, they're like the guy, the wave you were just talking about, getting yeah. crushed by it. Yeah, they don't know how to ride it. <laughs> Some teams – now, who was the team? And, uh, and Gavin would know or one of those guys. They were really, really funny where they kept saying the, the official account was like dicking around with Padres. And I don't know. I took it like they got it and they were in on it. I think Padres Twitter got pissed off. But the official Twitter, and this was a while back, they were like, final score coming. And you could just see like sharks with, with chum, right? And then they never posted it. Oh, that's funny. And then Padre sort of was like, hey, fuck you, you <laughs> asshole. Don't, be, don't check it out. But um, but I thought that was pretty funny. But no, you're right. It's just some dork sitting there with his 
college degree in, in social media. Yeah. Hey, we gave it our best. And then those guys just kick them all night long. And I, yeah, I'm glad they're on our side. Oh, my gosh. All right. So uh, changing out of baseball a little bit. I saw this the other day. I was going to bring this up to you last week, but you're a huge Tom Cruise fan. Okay. Yeah, I would say it's funny. I had this conversation with my kids yesterday where uh, bringing him up because yeah. he's currently working on the next two Mission Impossibles. Yeah. It's the only movie that I can think of where the sequels progressively get better than the original. It's never, I, sorry, Godfather 3 wasn't better than Godfather 2. You can argue that Godfather 2 is better than Godfather 1. Rocky 3 is definitely better than Rocky 2. I don't know if it's better than Rocky 1, but Rocky 5 is not better than no. Rocky 3. You look at the Mission Impossibles, and every one they get better. He's doing his own stunts, which are insane. And I just said, yeah, he's a Scientology guy. Okay, his religion is whatever. He doesn't make me when I come in. I don't have to listen to uh, L. Ron Hubbard give me a 20-minute right discussion on why I need to follow. He keeps it in his life. That's the way I am with religion or politics. Vote for whoever you want. Uh, uh, praise whoever you want. Just don't drag me into it. But So, yeah, from an acting standpoint, um, from the last couple of years, whether it's Top Gun coming up or the next two Mission Impossibles, dude, that gives you he gives you your money's worth. I'm all in. The reason I brought it up, Samuel L. Jackson was on TV the other day. Okay. And he brings up Tom Cruise. And all he right. goes, Tom Cruise does all his own stunts. Bullshit, he says. Oh. And I said, you're damn right. It's bullshit. There's no way. I still stand by Samuel L. Jackson on this. There's nobody that would ensure fucking Tom Cruise doing his own stunts. He's worth too much money. He's doing them. Bullshit. Bullshit. Who's doing them? Who else is that short? <laughs> Ruth Bader Ginsburg was doing all of them, and now she's not doing any of them anymore. May she rest in peace. I tell uh, you what, she's pretty amazing. That's a tough one. Who, loss. Ruth Bader yeah, Ginsburg? Absolutely. That, um, well, one thing on Sam Jackson, I do think he did his own stunt in the other guys. Aim for the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite unexpected laughs in a movie that I've ever seen with him and The Rock. And they're like, you think what I'm thinking? Aim for the bushes. And if you don't know what happens, see the movie. It's goddamn great. It's so goddamn funny. Um, but so Mike's <laughs> wife, Mike's wife's an attorney. She had thoughts about being a judge. And I remember when Ruth Bader Ginsburg got nominated and, and went in in Supreme Court. And I'll, I'll be perfectly candid. I I didn't know a lot. I just kind of, right, you see the different, I mean, you remember Clarence Thomas or others. Of course, uh, unfortunately you do. Yeah, but others that had gone in. And uh, and through conversations with my ex-wife at dinner and other things, um, and because so many of her friends became my friends that were female attorneys that were inspired by Ginsburg, to go out and do great things, which they've all done and which they've all accomplished. I did become a fan of hers, and she was incredibly special. And, and I saw a lot of people that wrote, a lot of women that wrote, while I didn't always agree with her decisions, it's impossible not to acknowledge what she meant to this country, and it is a huge loss. No, what an amazing woman, and the impact that she had on so many friends of mine, including my ex-wife, uh, 
yeah, really, really special. I would say this, politics aside, because I think we do a horrible job of listening. I think um, if you don't know anything about her, it is worth taking five, two minutes to just look at some of the things she did. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. I had no idea. Under five feet, under 100 pounds. Yeah. And just, man, as tough as it gets. I heard something today saying that she would never sit down. Like, this, you go in her office, and she would sit there and stand for over an hour, and you'd be like, I'm just looking at that chair going, I just want to sit. And she just sit there and would, would talk to you, and she never sat. And so wow. that, that wasn't a big thing. The, the big thing that surprised me, and, and again, you and I, I think, are – I mean, we were so young at the time when she was making some, some historical moves. But yep. the fact that women couldn't get credit cards. Yeah. The fact women couldn't buy property. Yeah. It, I mean, we're, we're talking the 70s. I mean, yeah. it's fucking nuts. And Crazy. so, uh, again, you mentioned the size of her stature is amazing. Being a woman's yeah. amazing. But – uh, absolutely incredible. We, we've had some um, people pass away this year that have done fantastic things to make the world better, make the United States better. And we're, we're in such a groove right now of hating everything on one side that, you know, it's worth taking your time to research some of these people. Um, well, and and it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. She lived an incredible life. Well, it would have been nice, Dave, if they had taken 24 hours to celebrate the woman, the impact, uh, that she had and you saw some of it but it felt like for every five minutes of tribute uh, to her for what how she lived her life and how she did it we got 10 minutes of well we're going to try to steamroll a person through and you're like god damn like it's not going to happen the vote's not going to the floor tonight shut that shit off it's it's the same thing that we see when the gun control debate starts immediately after there is some kind of tragic shooting where we don't even get the opportunity to grieve, whether it's male, female, kids, boy, girl, school, adults, uh, cop shooting, whatever the case may be, we never even take time anymore. It's such a microwave society where we're like, oh, we just got to move 24-hour news cycle. Like, fuck, I was like, the it's not going tonight yeah. like let's just celebrate who she is let's take a couple of days and show this woman the respect she deserves and like i said there were some but it sure felt like you'd get it and just as soon as you would start to get in and learn more about her and maybe have a better appreciation for who she was well here's mitch mcconnell and here's what lindsey graham and you're like oh nobody gives a shit those two are so fucking full of shit they're not going to change their mind. Nothing is going to change those guys. So why are we wasting our breath? Just fucking celebrate people the way we used to do it. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. You know, so something interesting was um, you mentioned this before with your friend Laura and how important her mom was to you and, oh, and family. Yeah, unbelievable. The- and hot, too. Let me just say this. <laughs> this is the one thing I've pointed out to my friend Laura. I have said this to my friend Laura, who was my closest friend in high school, dated, went to the prom, then we ended up being roommates for a while. And I said to her, I go, you know, there was a part where I broke up with you or we broke up and it was after high school and I was 18. And I said, your mom was single. And I said, she was about to marry two of the biggest dipshits, uh, you know, one for like five years and then another one for a period of time. And I go, you know, life would have been really good if I just had had grabbed the bull by the horns and I just fucking went for it with your mom. She was hot. She was smart. She had dough. She had a big fucking house with a pool. <laughs> I wasn't sure where you're going after the word big. 
<laughs> oh, great rack. I mean, she, this is all conversation I've had with Laura. I've told her, my old high school girlfriend, I'm like, your mom was hot. And, and I go, you know what? If you weren't so fucking self-centered, you would have told me, hey, you know what? I know you're only 18 and you've spent two days at Palomar, but maybe you make a run. <laughs> like, uh, like Dale says in Step Brothers, right? Yep. She's had the old bull. Now maybe she wants the calf. And uh, Laura's like, what? I'm like, and I'll tell you the other thing, too. As your stepdad, I think I would have had an incredibly positive impact on your life as a male influence. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, MJ, MJ was a rocket. No problem. I tell her all this. She would love it. Oh, my gosh. I could, and that's the thing. Her mom was such a dear friend of mine yeah. that I absolutely could have told her that, and she would have fallen on the ground laughing right in front of Laura. I should have been like, you married this asshole, and then this other dipshit. I, you'd have been fine with me. Oh Riding motorcycles gosh. have been great. Would have been much better for me, too. Oh, my gosh. I got a text this morning. as part of a, a group text, a terrible one, that my buddy Matt, who listened oh, sure. to the show, used to, used to call in all the time and ask to talk straight to Jeff. Didn't want to talk to me. Loved I've, known, I've known him my since, since I was born. He's uh, two years older than me, but he was his parents uh, and my parents were friends. So when we were born, we were and we lived on the same street. We basically uh. have been lifelong friends and became college roommates at San Diego State and the whole deal. He lives in Ohio right now, but he, uh, it was a group text to about five of us that his dad passed away. Oh shit. And so his dad was that guy that always took, you know, would take me and another kid out and, and Matt and always take us out to the movies or thrifties yeah. for ice cream or whatever. The best, and so man. took us to always took us to movies that my parents wouldn't take. We see a saw stripes, you know, see, <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. it was always rated R movies. And, and so when he when he passed, you know, he says, hey, guys, I just want to let you know. And so I write him back. I go, man, I go, your dad, it's amazing thinking back how big of a part of my childhood oh, he was. Great. But he was that guy that would, he loved the movies, and his job mm. was he used to do hair for a movie studio. Oh, wow. And um, we went to go see movies always at the Bruin in Westwood. Sure. You know? And I remember he takes me to go see Superman 2. Do you remember Superman uh -huh. 2 where he gives up his powers? Yep. And the movie is packed. I mean, it's fucking the line to get into yeah. ridiculous and not a place to sit. And you're arm to arm with whoever's there. And Superman gives up his powers for Lois Lane. And he yells out, are you telling me you're going to give up all your fucking powers to get a little box? Are you serious? Who would do this? For Margot Kidder? Yeah, that's what he said. It's not uh, even yeah. Valerie no, Perrine? That's what he's like. That. He's like, for, for Margot Kidder? For that ass? And Matt's just devastated, you know, like, fuck, shut up. Devastated. You know, just like, it's always embarrassing. <laughs> and he goes, he, he writes me back, goes, oh my God, I remember that. I go, do you remember when your dad took us to go see Dirty Dancing? Okay. Oh, shit. And he, no, yells, up, he yells out the movie in this one. You know, she has a big nose and not a lot to look at, but I bet she's great in the sack. Just screams it out. And <laughs> you're doing exactly what Matt did. Just Matt. Dude, he was a freshman in college. So oh I was, a, I was a junior in high school. And he just rolls his eyes and leans back in his chair like, fuck. But that was, he always did it. Every right. movie we'd go to always had someone getting so late. Great. And he's like, fuck, dude, he did that all the time. And I said, dude, I, I go, there's so many things I remember about your dad that make me laugh about that shit. But the, the funniest thing, man, I remember in 1987 when his parents were divorced, mm -hmm. he had to move into an apartment and he lived in... Uh, Beverly Hills, nice apartment, but it was a, just a studio thing. That's all mm -hmm. he could afford. And there's a major earthquake in 1987. Oh, yeah. 
And everybody goes running out of the apartments of the street. And he's standing in the middle of the street. And he's everyone's like, everyone okay? And he said, he looks to the girl next to him. And he goes, you all right? She goes, yeah. And she won't make eye contact. Looks over to the guy to his left. And then he looks down at himself and he realizes he's butt naked, dude. Not, Jesus not one stitch of clothes. He ran out of the shower, out in the street, and didn't realize he was naked. And he had to sell his apartment because he said, the whole neighborhood seen me naked. I got to move. And every time he ever brought it up to me, he was like, fuck, I never found a place as good as that place over there on whatever. And he goes, butt fucking naked in the street. And I had to fucking move. The hell did <laughs> But I was uh, I was bummed out for him because and I, and I'll tell you this man his his parents divorced his dad never remarried his mom did yeah. but he, uh, he he took care of him and his dad's been really sick and he flew him out to Ohio and kept him down the street and the sad thing is with his COVID yeah. he didn't get a chance to say goodbye and that you know he didn't get a chance to go uh, to to tell him that one last time he loved him even though he was sick but he hadn't seen him for five months because they wouldn't allow him in the facility you know what those guys do Dave and I I didn't know Matt's dad but I I know Matt from checking in and I'm I'm sincerely so sorry for his loss what what those guys did and they didn't even know it at the time right because they're just having fun they they set the bar they set the tone for all of us on how to be dads those guys because Dave, I guarantee you, if I asked you right now, as great as Matt's dad was, who was the one dad who was just a prick? And oh, yeah. and they're out there, man. Right? And yeah. we I I say it, it's it's my friend Scott King who was on Family Feud. His brother Jeff King, legendary, we've told that story, but he owns Cocoa Beach and Kinos and, and they're just so great. There's four brothers, Dave and Steve, uh, Jeff and Scott, and their dad, Jack King was such a good person such a good man and when he got mad i didn't realize it he never cussed in front of me i was over there a lot he never cut he'd always say jiminy cricket and so i was laughing with the king boys about that they're like oh he dropped more f-bombs than you do jack king was a cusser (laughs) but he was such a good person such a good man so good to his wife and so good to his kids that when you had the opportunity to become a dad or I had that opportunity or anybody hearing this, I guarantee you we can all look back and remember two or three dads that when we got that opportunity, and in a lot of ways it's you, it's Mike, uh, Cookie, but when I when I take it back further, when you look at guys and you go, yeah, that's the guy I want to be. That's, that's the dad you want to be. I think I hope Matt's dad knew that. I hope that he knows that he was somebody that you guys looked forward to seeing at a young age and laughing and crazy. And, and yeah, while it's the, it's the biggest battle we always fight as a parent, whether you're, you're a mom or a dad, you want to get along with your kids so that yeah. you have open conversation. But ultimately, you have to remind them, look, we're not friends. I'm still the mom. I'm still the dad here, and I'm the one who's going to make the call. But if you get to be too militant and you become the great Santini, you're not going to learn anything. And, yep. and there is no manual. We learn it on the fly. But I love those stories. I've heard those stories over the years, and I didn't know him, but I just I laugh because it's just ultimately Matt may have rolled back, but he makes his, uh, his kids laugh. I, I said to my, my kids have repeated the same line to me that I said to them, and if their mom finds out, I'm dead. I'm 100% dead. We had a neighbor that lived in our complex. And about whatever it was, two weeks ago, it was National Dog Day. I think I may have mentioned this the other day. No. It, it was National Dog Day. 
So I put a picture of the family dog, Diego. He's the dumbest dog in the world. And I put a picture of him on Facebook. And I said, hey, D, happy dog day. And this former neighbor of mine is like, and we love cats, too. I'm like, well, it's not fucking cat day. Okay? Shut up. So then uh, I posted a picture of the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl ring. Yeah. Hey, can you email that to me? No. No. You can just fucking save it to your phone. So a very, very nice person, but just one of those people that hits my nerve, and my kids find this hysterical. So my kid said, what happened to their dog? Like, what happened to that person's dog? I said, oh, my God, that's the first dog in history that committed suicide. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And my son Jack said, what? And I go, yeah, that dog fucking lived in that house for 10 years and was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. And uh, I go, it was tragic. Let all the news. And they have said to me 10 different times, I cannot believe you said that dog hated that person so much the dog committed suicide. And I said, well, suicide's not anything I joke about because I lost one of my closest friends to suicide. But I think that dog did. Oh I gosh. think I know the story. And it's just one of those things where, sorry, their mom has never said anything in their life. She's never said that anybody's pet took their own life just to get the fuck out of the most miserable house in San Diego. But I did. I did. I don't even know. The dog may still be What's alive just hanging out. What's wrong with you, dude? Jesus Christ. <laughs> you ever see people when, oh, yeah. where they're walking and they've got their dog and it's like we have this friend and she's awesome. She has a cat that is 34 pounds, 34 pounds. Like it's unbelievable. The cat's the size of a small fucking burrow. <laughs> and uh, the other day she said it's hot. So I put a cooling shirt on my cat. This cat could not have looked more miserable, but it's the funniest fucking picture ever. Now, she's super cool. You know, she's great. She loves this dopey cat. I go, that cat hates that shirt. Yeah. Like, just put him in the freezer. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, but we all have friends that are like, I, I don't have kids. I have fur babies. No, you don't. I can't just fucking put Jack and Kate in the crate for eight hours while I go to work. I can't just put a bowl of water down when they were two. I don't walk them and let them take a piss on a fucking tree. It's not the same thing. God damn. Why is that? Why can't people just say, hey, that's cool. You're a parent. They just don't go that route. They just don't. They <laughs> just easier for them to say that. I think it's their sign of saying, hey, I can still love something I'm with all my heart. Too. I matter. <laughs> Fuck off. You always mattered. But it's not, there's no fur baby. Your fucking dog doesn't come to you and ask you 2020 math and you go, just get the fuck out of here. I don't know. <laughs> Rufus? <laughs> fuck. I'm so sick of people. I'm sick of my kids, too. <laughs> fuck. I'm just trying to watch the game yesterday. Hey, Dad, how much does that guy make? I don't fucking know. How old is he? Who's he married to? Is she famous? Is he famous? Is he rich? And you got two of them. Fuck! <laughs> I, I don't know. You. Just tell them to look at the phone you bought them. Oh, look no, they don't have a phone. They don't have a phone? I thought you got no. them a phone. No, Steve Arissimo gave me the best advice. That's why he's my... my what did he say? 
He goes, look, this is how you do it every time. When they go, how much, how much is he worth? I go, okay, this is Stevie V's advice. Fucking the Godfather. Love this guy. It was fucking Craig Meddy was this valuable, uh, valuable to me. <laughs> Stevie V told me, I tell him this, when they ask me, and it, it's, not, it's not like uh, Drew Brees. It's always like, hey, Dad, how much does Hunter Henry make? How in the fuck do I know how much Hunter Henry makes, right? Hey, Dad, how, what, uh, who's Dalvin Cook married to? What? What? Uh, is Nick Bosa, is he married? How old is he? I, I don't fucking know. So uh, Verissimo told me when they asked, like, how much does Hunter Henry make? Go, oh, man, I was ready for this. It's one of four options. A, he makes $2 million a year. B, he makes $5 million a year. C, he makes $9 million a year. Or D, none of the above. <laughs> and he goes, just fucking do that. Just make up. Where'd he go to college? Oh, he went to Weber State. He went to Tennessee. He went to Grossmont. Or D, none of the above. He never got out of Point Loma High School. Yeah, I'm like, can I just watch a goddamn game? Holy shit. Jesus. I'm like, every day, it's like, it feels like I'm on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Oh, I thought they both had their own phone. I said, just no. Google the fucking thing. No, they don't know that. I'm not doing that shit. They're almost 13. I got it. You know what happens when you're 13? What? You start realizing what's on the internet. You're no longer watching fucking Thomas the Tank Engine. How old were you when you started getting Playboy? Ah, shit. 13? No. <laughs> no, I think I was 16. What year was Lonnie Chin in there? No she idea. changed my life. I have no idea. God damn. How about Stevie V dated Terry Wells? That's impressive. That's, That's impressive. A, you acknowledge that fucking guy's a legend. <laughs> hey, you want to mention Dan Williams. Dan Williams is a guy you need to call. People are telling us all the time. I'm calling the guys that you guys are mentioning. Guess what? They're making my life better. You're damn right they are. We wouldn't steer you wrong. Dan Williams is a guy who wants to get out of debt. He also wants to get into the rental market. He wants to help you find your first house. You name it, Dan Williams, he can sit there and answer those financial questions that you have questions for. He can give you the right answer. 858-688-6813, 858-688-6813. Well, I want to uh, thank Dave again because it's the third straight show where he hasn't printed the following information, but I scramble and I save the day. We do want to mention that uh, Dan is doing an incredible thing. It's coming up October 8th through the 10th. When he's going to ride 330 miles on his bike from Atlanta to Jacksonville. And they are raising money for the Navy SEAL Foundation that supports the Honor Foundation. It's just such a fantastic thing that he's doing. If you would like to donate and support Dan's cause 330 miles from October 8th through 10th, do us a favor. Go to SanDiegoLending.us. Again, SanDiegoLending.us. You're going to see the Donate Now button. Uh, our thanks to Kyle Fluger, who made it happen. But any donation is incredibly generous. All the money going to the Navy SEAL Foundation, which I mentioned, supports the Honor Foundation. I love what Dan does for families. We got another email tonight from a family that's yep. been helped. But what he's doing for the SEAL Foundation is even better. SanDiegoLending.us, make your donation tonight. Absolutely. Once you find that perfect home, Brian Curry is the guy to help you get in there. Look, if you cannot find that perfect house, you call Brian Curry, you ask him questions. The neighborhood you want to live in, you ask him about different communities, the schools, 
Brian Curry knows San Diego County better than anybody we know. He's the guy that can help you get into that perfect home or also sell your house and move forward. 619-251-1588. 619-251-1588. I was in Yuma this weekend. Yeah, this, you ready to move there? This guy told me, he said, uh, I used to live in San Diego. And I said, mm. really? I go, what brought you out to Yuma? He goes, I got a three-bedroom house for $101,000. I go, dude, that's awesome. And he goes, you know, I've been here 15 years He's 100% serious with me. And he okay. goes, that house is now worth $103,000. He's killing it. He thinks he's killing it. I was like, dude, are you fucking with me? And he goes, no, really, I've made 2000 Like, he thought I was thinking that's a lot of money. Yeah. And I was like, dude, you keep doing what you do. And I turned around and I said, what the fuck? Yeah, you can't buy a car. You, you fucking <laughs> For the equity. <laughs> you fucking asshole. 15 years. Well, you, you made 2000 bucks. There's no way Brian Curry is going to fuck you over. That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> I was just going to say. I could tell you anything you want to hear about Brian Curry. Let me just sum it up this way. I could not be more confident when I tell you that there will never be a time when your phone will ring. And on the other side, it'll be BC telling you, guess what? I got it. We found a home in Yuma for just $101,000. Because if I said to him, Brian, I'm thinking about a home in Yuma. I can get it for $101,000. He'd tell me that's about $61,000 too much. <laughs> We're not fucking doing it. Go spend a weekend out there at the Red Roof Inn and then call me on Tuesday and tell me how much you loved it. Dude, I got bit by bedbugs in my hotel. God damn, that's not fun. I told Reed, I go, we're going to move out to Yuma. And she goes, oh, yeah, what are we going to do there? We're going to open up a, Golden donut, Corral. a donut place. We're going to call it Yuma Yuma Donuts. <laughs> she goes, what? And I repeated it, and then she hung up the phone. <laughs> See what I did there? It was almost yum yum. She didn't like it. Didn't think it was fun. I loved it. Thanks. I don't know why that- <laughs> She, I think it might be the first time she's ever hung up on me. Yeah, she doesn't know what she has. That's, that's good, right? You're going to call him one. Yuma Yuma Donuts. You get it? Might confuse a couple people thinking they're getting yum yum. Whatever. Go ahead. Keep hanging up the phone. That's the dumbest and greatest line. <laughs> Well, shit, maybe you will be buying a house. How long did it take you to come up I with you? I don't know. It was the first thing that popped into my head. And she did. <laughs> I think she's just jealous. She did it right. Every time anybody drives by Yum Yum now, they're going to think Yuma Yuma. Oh, my God. What the fuck? What was that movie? Oh, it's like Coming to America. Yeah. What were they? What, what do you mean? What were they? Oh, it was uh, McDowell's. McDowell's. Which, by the way, exists. McDowell's actually exists. I looked it up. Where? Mc- same place in Queens. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, unless you're Dave, Brian's not going to let you buy a house in Yuma. But, man, so many great places to live and uh, and let Brian help you find the right house. Absolutely. That's amazing. Taylor May Pools. Alan Taylor right now is killing it because you guys are realizing you're sweating your asses off and realize you had your pool. Look at this, this COVID thing. Who knows when it's going to end? You're going to wish you had your own pool. Call Alan Taylor. Get that pool in your backyard. 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. So the lovely and talented Dagmar Midcap on our show earlier. You can find that for Patreon. Separate show. 
highly recommended you check it out. But I was watching tonight on NBC before coming down. She said this week's going to be kind of nice. Give us a little bit of a break. Cooling along the coast. Not even too bad inland. But guess what? According to our the smartest friend I have, starting next Monday, the heat comes back. So if you were smart and made that phone call to TaylorMade Pools, Man, yesterday was insane. Typical Chamber of Commerce day, 77, a little bit of a breeze. But it's going to fire up again next week. So if you haven't done it, it sure feels like it's trending this way uh, for the next couple of years. Make that call to the guys at TaylorMade Pools. Check out our website, DaveAndJeffShow.com. Right under the sponsor page, you can see what so many others have done. You can be the next. Tell them uh, we sent you. You'll love it. Absolutely. Kyle Fluker's the guy to help you with that website. So many people right now have taken our advice, and they're calling Kyle. Look, if you're interested in starting your own business or you have a website that is struggling, Kyle Fluger can help you out. 619-500-6621. 619-500-6621. Yeah, the best. Uh, my next... Uh, website will be how to fold a fitted sheet.com. <laughs> There's not a bigger joke in my life. Can you imagine if we just got paid for every time somebody clicked on that? Oh my gosh. Who who can we bring? I don't know how to fold one. Who can we bring in? Who out of our group could fold a fitted sheet? Sean Walchip. Brian Curry. Military guy. Guarantee you can do it. Curry's my guy. I'm going to say no. Oh shit. Uh, no, I think BC will be candid and go, no, fuck, no, I can't. <laughs> That's exactly how you would say it. <laughs> Dave, I'm up here. Oh, shit. Hold on. Dave, I'm up here in the copter, buddy. Uh, no fitted sheets up here. That's for the uh, greenhorns, not for me. <laughs> Over. <laughs> um, all right, let me give you a few guys, and let's just talk about let's just talk about every guy we just mentioned. Dan Williams, fitted sheet? No way. Oh, I'm going to say yeah. Okay, I say no. Uh, Curry, I say no. I say yes. Al Taylor. No, no. fucking way. Dude, can you fold a fitted sheet with one hand because you're holding a goddamn beer Labatt's. in the hand? Labatt's in the right hand. No. He's actually holding a blueprint to design that perfect pool, wink, wink. <laughs> Pools are gorgeous. He deserves to have a Labatt's. Um, can Amy fit a folded sheet? Uh, fold a fitted sheet? I say she can. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm afraid to say she couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you better get the answer right. Fluger? No way. No chance. No, no chance. <laughs> uh, let's take some of our favorite listeners just right now. Padre Geekster. 100%. Yeah, I said she could do it. I do. I said she could do it. Craig Meddy. No way. <laughs> Jesus. Stevie Verisma. Man, he did have some points with me. I say no. I say yes. Yeah, really? Dude, they, come on. You got to think about the guy, Pete and Point Loma. No way. Billy? Yes. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree on both. <laughs> I agree on both. Uh, and then let's see. Let's just take the guys in the circle. Costa? No way. Really? No. I'm trying to think now. I'm trying to think. I think Meg might have got him into shape. I say yes. I changed my mind. Yeah, I think Mike does. Uh, Paul? No way. No way. No fucking chance. Woods? No way. You know what, though? But Woods will tell you he knows how to, but he can't. <laughs> he couldn't fold a t-shirt. There's no <laughs> Jesus. way. Jesus. No way. Really not. <laughs> Costa's the only one out of the group. Co yeah, I can't. No, I can't either. Fuck no. He just, that <laughs> thing, look, the, the, you change the sheets. You should change them pretty often, like 
it's the yeah. one thing people do that the doctors and scientists are like, you should be changing this yeah. fucker on a regular basis. So you got two, right? You circulate them yes. through. And when the second one's clean, well, you don't have to fold it. You know what you do? You just look for the highest point <laughs> of the closet. Put it up there. You don't now, want it on the floor. Well, I fold, I fold them with Rita, but the deal is Rita's one of those where... I think I have the only wife that does this shit, but her mom used to iron the sheets. And I'm like, I'm not ironing fucking what sheets. What are you doing? What so is? We, I have to pull them out of the dryer, then I have to put them on the back of the couch so they don't get wrinkled, because otherwise she'll make me wash them again. She, honestly, she ha- they have to look a certain way. And then we fold them. Then I'm like, even though we fold them together, I'm, I still don't yeah. think it's good. Like, I still think this isn't how you fold a fitted sheet. It still kind of sucks. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't get why. I don't, I don't get- give a fuck. I said, we're laying on top. Who gives a shit if it's wrinkled? Right. You're not doing a reality no. show. No, yeah. it has to look a certain way. Otherwise, she wants to rewash everything. I, I just think there should be a lot of us tonight that have probably wondered for a long time why Dave's as fucked up as he is. <laughs> I think we're starting to yeah, see it. It's true. I've been surrounded by people that drive me nuts. I feel a little bit like Bruce Willis in Sixth Sense. <laughs> and you just fucking said, I see yeah. psycho people. Yeah, that's, that's, like, a, that's what? what happens. That's exactly what God happens. damn, when I'm no longer the worst influence on your life, that's a pretty telling sign. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't like that she she didn't like Yuma Yuma. No, she did She did not. All right, here we go. How All old right. are they and how much go. are they worth? We're going September 21st. I was trying to pull the goddamn song I just told you about last week when I said, Oh, yeah, Earth, Wind, and day. Fire. Earth, Wind, and Fire. For some reason, I didn't download. All right, here we go. I think we've done this bit now for a year because I swear to God we did this one last year. Stephen King. Oh, shit. I feel like we did him about four weeks ago. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say he's 68. 73. Dude, how much is this fucking guy? Between him and James Patterson, they write nine books a week. Yeah. Like my boy Coyle goes absolutely. And by the way, Coyle told me the other day he's a birthday month guy. He is? Oh, Jesus. Are you shocked by that? I'm just going to say, and while I'm thinking about Matt Coyle, before I get to this, Stephen Grant's a birthday month guy. hundred percent. hundred percent. No doubt. Um, Matt Coyle's new book, Blind Vigil, comes out in December. It has been crazy doing a million different things. It is so goddamn good. And I say that, of course, he's my buddy. But uh, for my friend Alan Cisan and other Dan that have read all of the Matt Coyle books, uh, I'm not leading you astray. It is so fucking good. I couldn't be more excited for him. Uh, they're all on Kindle. Start with yesterday's Echo or get them in paperback, whatever you want. Start on Amazon. Work your way up. All the different books are so fun. But uh, I know Matt's a subscriber, but I, I mean it genuinely. Blind Vigil, his new book, is goddamn amazing. But Coyle runs himself through the ringer to write... Two a year or one a year, whatever. And these I think are good. I, a great. lot of Stephen King books are shit to me. Oh, God, that bullshit outsider was fuck. But I tell you, uh, 112263 is one of my favorite books that I've ever read. But I never got into Carrie or Pencil. No, none of that shit. Um, <laughs> I think Stephen King was the guy on the Green Monster throwing shit onto the field yesterday. Did you see that guy? No, I didn't see that. Guy broke into Fenway Park in the middle of the game, and he starts screaming, Boston loves New York, and the umpire's like, hey, get out of here. And the guy just starts throwing shit onto the field. Weird, like how he broke in. How much is he worth? Dude, he he pumps out so many books, and they've been made into movies. He's got to be $200 million. A lot more than that. 
Six hundred? Five hundred million dollars. Yeah. Fuck. Wow. Bill Murray. Get going, Coyle. Get going. <laughs> Bill Murray. Bill Murray, new movie coming out. I just saw with Rashida Jones. Really? Yeah. One of my favorites. Do you have uh Apple TV? I don't. People say that to me all the time. I don't. Um Bill Murray's gonna be think about this. Let's see if I can do this math. I'm gonna say he was Let's say he's seventy three. Seventy years old. Seventy. God damn. Pretty good. Um hundred and ten million. One forty. Oh, cool. Good for him. One of my least favorite guys. Um, Alfonso Ribeiro. Really? Can't stand him. You don't think if he was in the garage he'd be funny telling stories? Oh, fuck. He might be funny, man, but he wears me. I hate the Chris Paul commercials. I can't stand the State Farm commercials. Guy's gotta pay a mortgage, Dave. Doesn't have the benefit of a beautiful he house in Yuma. Million, I'll tell you that. Uh, Alfonso Ribeiro is 50. 49. Oh! Ask me again in a year. Okay. Um, how much is he worth? $4 million. He's worth $7 million. All right. Okay. No, he's not broke. He's no. Seven, $7 million. Okay. Last one of the night, uh, Faith Hill. Faith Hill. 52. 53. 53. Looks great. Sure does. How much has she made? Now, we're not counting Tim no, McGraw it is, money, it right? It is a combination of those two. Oh, fuck. That's, a, that's the only thing I could find. $400 million. $165 million. They I thought gotta it be been worth more than, more than I that. I thought so, too. Yeah, they got to be worth Although, if he didn't write everything, I don't know how it works with the writing and everything else, but they're pretty popular. Also, uh, wish a happy birthday tomorrow to my son, Josh. Oh, man. Fantastic. Saved the Dagmar podcast. Came in and adjusted everything. Listen, I said to him today, quite candidly, I saw the Nick Saban Aflac commercial today, and it disappointed me. As somebody that's always held Nick Saban in high regard, when he's high-fiving a duck, I don't know how much he got paid to do that, but there was a time in Josh's life when he was trying to determine between North Carolina and Alabama. Yeah. I encouraged him to go to Alabama, and I, uh, I took that back tonight. I said... <laughs> I said, you never see Butch Davis selling out for Aflac, and, uh, and I'm sorry for the role that I played in that. But her, happy early birthday to Josh. There you go. All right, five random questions, all right? All right. Padres won the playoff, went to the postseason last in 2006. How different has your life been since 2006? 100%. I was dating a Russian girl, blonde, super right. hot. Uh, she was great, and then she got very grouchy because – we were kind of, things weren't really going on. So I ended up dating this cute law school girl and got engaged. And now that Russian who still looks insane, I think would be thrilled to hear that I died of dehydration in Death Valley and was eaten by buzzards. Uh, yeah, she not a fan of mine at all. Um, I had no kids. Um, I was working at, I was working at Homecomings Financial and it was great because what my job was was to keep people out of foreclosure. One of the areas I had was Ferguson, Missouri, and a very kind of East St. Louis. People couldn't make a $150 mortgage payment, and I traveled back there a lot. Often I was the only white guy in the room, and boy, it was a little tense on Monday. But by Friday, so many of those people we were able to work with and get them squared away, and they just they treated me like family. It's one of the greatest things that ever happened in my life. I'll always be thankful 
to homecomings that they gave me that experience. But um, man, hindsight, God, I miss that fucking Russian chick. Huh? <laughs> Woo! But yeah, she she would be very happy, I think, if she heard that. Uh, yeah, I think she would say Ivan Drago. If he dies, he dies. <laughs> Friend of mine is like, call her. I was like, fuck no. Do you have, how many people, do you have people right now where I mean legitimately, where you go, like, and not even guys, female. Do you have any women where you've guts. never done anything, like, but just legitimately think where you go, yeah, I think she hates me. No, I don't think I do. Honestly, I think I she's the only one. Like, yeah. like all, one of my, one of my exes that drove me absolutely crazy, um, Afterwards, she got married. I got married. We became great friends, and she's she's moving to Indianapolis. But um, we have lunch. The whole thing. It's super cool. Like I look back on that. I told you. I told yeah. Laura I should have married her mom. But <laughs> but the Russian. Oh no. She's like yeah. That guy. Did you ever see the Hitcher with yeah. with C. Thomas Howell yeah. and Rutger Howard? Yeah. Yeah. She's like oh I, that should happen to you. <laughs> Duh, not a fan. All right, if you had a vote for National League MVP, would you choose Manny Machado, Freddie Freeman, or Mookie Betts? Um, I saw what Chipper Jones put out where he put the numbers that showed Freddie Freeman pretty well. I Again, Dave, I haven't seen enough of Freddie Freeman and, and Mookie to be able to give you a complete straight answer. I just love what Machado has meant to this team. And to me, the, uh, what I would do is I would say – the tougher question for me would be, who's the Padres MVP? That's funny because I think uh, two weeks ago it was Tatis in a landslide, and now yeah. it is Machado in a landslide. But we said earlier, this game, all this team changed completely when Tatis hit that grand yeah. slam and had been the guy. That's a good point. Um, but but that's a tougher one for yeah, me. Yeah, the is, batting average will, will hurt them. And I understand yeah. people don't look at batting average anymore. And, no, and now you don't know, like, now I see nine other names for Rookie of the Year and the Cronenworth and... I mean, I think Myers should get comeback player of the year. But the thing is that it sounds like, unlike Austin Hedges a year ago when he was hyping himself for gold glove when he was hitting a buck 21, <laughs> uh, it sincerely doesn't feel like any of these guys care about it. But I'd love to see Machado get it, but that's the one I'm fascinated by. Uh, who gets the team MVP? All right. Did you spend uh, more of your Sunday interested in baseball? The NBA, golf, or the NFL? I didn't see a minute of golf. I saw Anthony Davis hit that shot, which oh was God. goddamn amazing. He yelled Kobe when he shot it? God dang. Amazing. Um, and just, I would say, if you have the opportunity to stay safe, but get out and support a local restaurant or establishment, Man, it just kind of felt good for the soul to get out, like I said, have other fans there in different uniforms. And we saw it um, when they allowed, when the Chargers allowed, towards the end of that game, Pat Mahomes takes off on a run. I think it's like fourth and whatever, 12. There's a guy right next to me in a Ravens jersey. He's watching the same game, and we started laughing about fourth and 29. Shit, I'd completely forgotten until you brought it up. But uh, but just to be bullshit with a guy you'll never see again, yep. you go, God damn, this Charger team so stupid. <laughs> um, I was watching football and baseball with basketball on and hanging out with my sons and just having lunch. It was great, man. It was great. And if I, I would encourage you to get out and do it, especially if you're just kind of feeling the funk. 
All right, two more uh, questions for you. Can, okay. you. can you still root for the Raiders even though they're now in Las Vegas? A hundred percent. I'm all in on the Raiders because I've never lived in the market where they were. I couldn't have been more thrilled when the Clippers choked because um, they broke my heart. I want the Dallas Stars to lose. Uh, they lost tonight to Tampa because they broke my heart. And I just, in this place yesterday, I couldn't believe how many people in a San Diego restaurant were still cheering for the Chargers. And to me, I go, Dean's laughing in your face because he still has you. As dopey as he is, um, you're still the guy. And I would be really upset for people in Oakland. I get it. I think it's much tougher. But for me, I fell in love with the Raiders in 82. Uh, They were... Oakland and then L.A. and then back to Oakland and now Vegas. They've always been a road team, but I'm I just I love that team. See, and to me, the Raiders are one of those teams. It's a national team. There's a national brand with the Raiders. For me, when they were in L.A. and it's weird that the Raiders are the only Los Angeles team to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, how about that? And that's very strange. But uh, when they went back to Oakland, I was like, ah, they're originally from there. Fuck it, I'm still going to root for them. Um, yeah, being in I Las did Vegas too. is weird, but man, for me, you and I were here together watching them pull off that win tonight, and you're going, fuck, how can you change? I mean, it's yeah. it's it's the Raiders, and the Raiders. I, I thought ESPN did a great job of remembering Oakland to start the broadcast. Yeah, was, nice. Was, was was really cool. Uh, two quick things. Yeah, they've always played in shitty stadiums. Right? Yeah. The Oakland Coliseum oh, was always, and Rosie and Mike and I were there last year at the final game. And the Coliseum, even when we went to the Coliseum for Raiders games, as fun as they were, it felt like there were always 60,000 open seats in there. And that place is 100 years old. To see Allegiant Stadium tonight, although the flame thing throws me off. Isn't it Alliant? Uh, huh? Isn't it Alliant Stadium? Well, that's Allegiant. Ah, A-L- oh, it's Allegiant. Is it? Maybe you're yeah. right. I don't know. Go ahead. Um, But... To see the stadium, the flame thing throws me off. Like why? Like why they have a high def flame? Yeah. To Al, like that just seems weird to me. But um, but to have them in such a great stadium, and then to have Mark Davis Allegiant Stadium, you're right. Yeah, to have Mark Davis say tonight the greatest thing that ever happened to this franchise was losing the L.A. vote, and you go, yeah, and. Um, if you're a Raider fan, go to the Las Vegas Review Journal website. They have a book out that's really fun. It's pretty much the history of the Raiders, and it goes all the way up to groundbreaking and and pretty much I think it was finished within like the last couple of months. So a lot of pictures inside, but the the building of Allegiant Stadium and all those different things. Really a cool book about the history of the Raiders, but it was put out by the Las Vegas Review Journal. So if you or somebody in your uh, family loves the silver and black, it's uh, like 20 bucks. They'll ship it out to you. All right, last question. 50 years ago tonight was the first Monday night football game. Mm-hmm. What Monday night football game stands out 100%. No doubt about it. December 8th, 1980. Watching it when, uh, when Howard Cosell. I'll give you two of them. Howard Cosell announcing the death of John Lennon. Really didn't understand at that point the impact that that it had until later on. You've done the same thing, going to the Dakota, going to Strawberry Field, looking at just how small that area is and that learning that story. But the other funny one is the Charger game. against. I think it was against the Chicago Bears when Bobby Duckworth, along the far sideline, going to the end zone towards the big scoreboard, 
had his arm up in the air celebrating the touchdown at about the five-yard line, and a member of the Bears, probably Sean Gale, <laughs> came and knocked the ball out of his hand. Um, that Bo Jackson running over Bosworth yeah. was always a great one, but I, I think the one that I always remember just because of the impact of it is John Lennon. Yeah, yeah, that was something else. I remember uh, Monday Night Football was such a big deal for me as a kid. Giff, because Frank Gifford was so good. I, and th- I, see, I don't even remember how good they were. I remember Monday. who they were. I just couldn't say Monday. Monday. <laughs> for me, living in Tennessee, it was that's incredible. It was on first always, and then Monday Night Football. Yeah, and you get into these games, and I remember it was really one of the few times I can remember my childhood spending time with my dad was watching mm-hmm. Monday Night Football, but. I remember, you're going to hate this, the Tony Dorsett 99-yard run oh, against the Vikes. But yep. um, for me, the two games that stand out the most are the Joe Montana-John Elway game when Joe oh, Montana was on the Chiefs. Oh, my yeah. was incredible. But that Rams-Chiefs game was insane. Were both those oh, teams a couple years ago. a few years ago. Was that in – were they – In Coliseum. They're at the Coliseum. Oh, that shit. That game was supposed to be in Mexico, and they had to move it to the That's Coliseum. That's right. But it's what, what to me was interesting tonight, what they put out on there, if you didn't see it, uh, football's been around for 50 years on Monday Night Football, 188 different Didn't, stadiums. Isn't that wild to hear that? Yeah, and you're like, how is that possible? 188 yeah. different stadiums. Yeah, over 50 years, yeah. right? Yeah, incredible. I mean, traveling and doing all that different shit. I, I got it. I think Lewis Riddick is great. There were, and It's their first game. They didn't get a chance to do any preseason games, so give them a couple of weeks. But I didn't really take much away from Brian Greasy. I didn't take much away from from Steve Levy. And then Dave getting in the car and driving down down here, and it's Kevin Harlan and Kurt Warner yeah. who was so good. And, again, those guys have had the benefit of doing a few years' worth of games. But I don't know why that Monday night, why it's so tough, right, to fill that spot. Yeah. Um. I liked yesterday, one of the games, Ian Eagle and Charles Davis were really good, and I thought what Charles Davis said today to Richard Deitch was awesome because he said coming in to that crew, replacing Dan Fouts, who's a Hall of Fame player and a Hall of Fame announcer, was incredibly difficult. And But Charles Davis is really good. Yeah. And Dave, what happened <laughs> when Baylor played Texas A&M on the third and three and third down? Dave, do you remember that with nine minutes left? What'd they do? That's right. They ran an off-center tight end sweep and pitched to the fullback who gained two and a half yards. And Dave, what'd the coach do at that point? That's every time we have Charles Davis on, <laughs> nicest guy on the planet, head? and he would just drill us with questions, and we're like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, encourage you again to go check out the Dagmar Midgap uh, interview. Really, really good. She was cool. Tells an incredible story. Kind of hints at it that she's going to come into the garage and tell. And Dave, if you are going just as the getaway, we'll be back on Wednesday night. But Dave, if you're going to Yuma, what's the best place for donuts? Yuma, Yuma. God damn. <laughs> Ah, it's awesome. For years, I've always said I got to get up and make the donuts when you and I are doing morning shows. So that that old the Dunkin' was yeah. it the Dunkin' Donuts? Yeah. Club? And because there were times you do that morning show, you're like, I'm so fucking oh. tired. You felt like you're gonna run into yourself opening the door. And I was every time I'd wake up, oh, I gotta make the donuts. That's what, I'd say every what do you think she day. did after she hung up on you? She fucking probably went on Match.com. <laughs> <laughs> 
Jesus. We'll be back Wednesday night. All right. When I